Good morning, Live Church. Hey, guys, this morning. Oh, sorry, I talked over you guys. Everybody doing? Feeling good this morning? Yeah. Good. Amen. Well, we're we're so excited to be here. Uh, welcome back for those that were here last night. Um, we actually, for those of you that um, weren't here, we did a Carry the Love event uh, last night right here at, at Live Church, and it was awesome. I I felt encouraged. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a really special time. Um, for those of you that don't know, Carry the Love, um, we, our team, uh, we're with the Circuit Riders. We are a YWAM ministry. Um, so we are full-time missionaries, uh, get to travel, preach the gospel. Um, and our, our desire and our, our longing is that our generation would be inspired to love like Jesus and to carry the love of Jesus. And so we... Um, actually, it's really, really uh, encouraging to me right now. We have 22 other teams that are um, traveling around the states right now um, and do gather wherever we can. Just in crazy COVID times with restrictions still in place, there's no, you know, there's no kind of formula way we can do it. So we're just gathering wherever we can uh, in churches and living rooms, uh, on campuses, in coffee shops, where wherever we can. Uh, gather young people that are hungry to see God move in their generation. We're doing it. And so uh, we have around 450 gatherings that Carrie Love will be doing, which is so exciting. And and we, I mean, our team alone, just in the last, we've been traveling for a couple of weeks. We we're in Kansas City and then we we're in Columbia. Uh, now we're here. Um, we've already seen dozens of people make decisions to follow Jesus, to give their lives to Jesus, right. which is so exciting, so much fun. Yeah, can you guys bless the Lord for that? That's, that's a miracle. Thank you, God. And so many other Christians um, uh, making decisions to walk in in an activated faith. Carry the love. We are all about. We want. Um, every night for students and, and whoever is, is present to be walking out of the door having clarity and confidence in what it looks like to be to be a gospel preacher, to be a, a soul winner, one that walks in obedience joyfully to, uh, to the command of Jesus to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. And so that's what we're about. And we are really, really excited to be with you guys this morning. I, I feel certain. I feel expectant. Um, and we'll kind of give uh, a little bit of the run through of what we would normally do on a Carry the Love night. Um, and so it'll, it might feel slightly unorthodox. Um, there's going to be a few of us that are, we'll, we'll jump on the mic. We have a, a few different um, messages that we want to, that we want to really hit on, uh, kind of hit the bullseye on. Um, but all of it is is focused on on taking action, on taking ownership for uh, for those in our family that, that don't know Jesus, those in our community, those of our friends that don't know Jesus. Um, and so that's everything we're going to be talking about is focused on that, uh, which you guys are totally all about. I know I'm preaching to the choir. And so we're just, we're just excited to be with you guys this morning. I hope it's encouraging. I hope it's refreshing. Um, so I'll be starting out, and I, I'll be talking to you guys about soul winning this morning. Can everybody say soul winning? Soul winning. Heck yeah. So I know that most of us would probably be familiar with that with that term in here. Maybe some of us aren't. But, you know, our lives as Christians is called, first and foremost, I mean, entirely, exclusively to be modeled after Jesus, after the life of Jesus. And we read in Luke 10, uh, uh, Luke says that the Son of Man, Jesus says, <laughs> the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so among all of the things that Jesus 
as Daniel, you, know, you can go down the list. He came to defeat the works of the enemy. He came to uh, to reconcile us back to God. So many things. But one of the primary functions of of the life of Jesus while he was on the earth was that he was seeking and saving the lost. And the lost, it wasn't his. It wasn't his lost car keys. It wasn't his lost wallet. It, it, was, it was us. It's, it's humans. We, humanity is lost. The Bible says that, that there is none who is good, not one, that all have gone astray, that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that we're all in need of, of that saving from the Lord. And so I know for me, it's especially, you know, even in, in, my, in my, the culture that I'm in a little bit, it's easy to kind of look at, cultural Christianity that, that we know and, and to be like, oh, this should happen differently, that should be different, this and that. But this morning, I really want us to, instead of pointing the finger outward, to, to look inside and to see um, if there are any barriers within us that are, are preventing us from being those gospel preachers, from being those soul winners. Because all that Jesus is looking for is, is that simple obedience. He's not looking for our... Um, our, our polished words. He's not looking for our perfect articulation of the gospel or of salvation. Or if you're able to perfectly break down the, the Trinity, like, not, none of that. He's, he's looking for our, our faith. He's looking for our obedience and our that we will believe him when he says that the harvest is ripe. And so I know, you know, for my life, just to bring you guys in a little bit, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't. I don't know how many can relate to that story, but I didn't grow up knowing that. I could have my eternity secured. I didn't. I didn't grow up knowing that I could have confidence of my right standing with God. I didn't. I didn't wake up really knowing what my purpose was, or knowing that I could have that that solid purpose. And the reality is that for ever, anyone that that hasn't put their trust in Jesus, that that's the state that they're in. That there is no hope outside of the cross. There is no hope outside of the gospel. No hope outside of Jesus. And so, and, but I have, I have a Bible story. I love the Bible. Uh, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to be reading out of uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan yeah. right, this morning. Uh, so that's, that's at verse 30. And, and, I, and really what I want to hit on and lock in on is... is um, the compassion that's shown, because I would I would venture to say that any degree where we may have lost this in our own personal lives, I know I can say this from my own heart, is because um, I I I experienced this lack of compassion, this lack of love that would motivate me to to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to reach out, and to share the gospel. And so, starting at verse thirty in Luke chapter ten, Jesus replied. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. This man, whose job was to display who God is to to the people of God, and to represent the people of God back to the Lord, walked past this, this dying man. So likewise, the Levite, when he came to that place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Same thing. The, uh, this, this one that's, that's meant to lead us into worshiping God. The one that's meant to, to lead us to, to, to look at the light of his face, to behold his glory. 
this man who's meant to, who's meant to bring us there passes by, this dying man. But a Samaritan, one whose race was despised, was totally rejected, totally ostracized, experienced the most amount of racism in his day. A Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And that's... Verse 34, He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him in, brought him to an inn and took care of him. Then Jesus goes on to say, in verse 37, or rather, the one he saw me do, um, that this Samaritan showed mercy. And so we see that it, it's not, you know, the, the three men that, that walked by this dying man in this story, two of them are these religious leaders that are, that their role, their position, their, with their title, they're meant to display the love of God to a lost and dying world. But we see in the story that their title and their position has nothing to do with the content of their heart, has nothing to do with, with their, their, really at their core what they value. But we see this man who was marked by compassion, who was marked by love, that he was moved to do something about, about this dying man beside him. And so I'm going to pass the mic off to Journey here in a second. She's going to, she's going to take us in to give us a re- refresh on the gospel. We all need it. I need it. Um, but we, before we do, I, I, I want to pray and, and anybody that, that feels this in their heart can join in with me. But, but truly, I believe that I, I know that we, all of us in here, we, we do believe in Jesus. We do look to Him as Savior. And, and I, I just feel like God want to deposit this morning in our hearts a fresh level of compassion for the lost and a fresh desire to seek and to save the lost. And so if you guys wouldn't mind... Uh, praying with me. Feel free to bow your heads, close your eyes, however you feel the most comfortable praying, but I'm just going to pray really quick. And, and if you're feeling this, if you want uh, a greater measure of that compassion, then I just want you to engage in your hearts with me here. So Jesus, we thank you for that when two or more gather in your name, you're here. So we, we recognize your presence, Jesus, your influence here, Jesus. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would deposit in us, that you would that you would grace us, Lord, in a greater measure with compassion that would lead us, God, to be your hands and feet, that would lead us to be your mouthpiece, that would lead us to simply open our mouths and share the message of the gospel. Lord, I'm so grateful that at some point when I didn't know what the gospel was, that my friend opened his mouth, moved by compassion, and shared the gospel with me. Lord, we're asking that this morning you would give us a greater measure of that compassion, Lord. That compassion that, that drove my friend to share the gospel with me, Lord. That, that, that has led to all of, all of the people in our lives sharing the gospel with us that led us to salvation. Would you give us a greater measure of that compassion this morning? In Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Lord. Amen. 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 Journey? Come on up, journey. Okay, talking about talking about being moved by compassion to share the gospel, preach the gospel. Journey's just going to give us a refresh on on what the gospel is. Journey, take us in. Thank you. Wasn't that amazing, guys? Praise the Lord. So we're talking about being soul winners. 
But we can't be soul winners unless we know the one that saved us in the first place. So can everybody say salvation? Salvation. We're talking about salvation. So contrary to maybe what you've been told, salvation, or even in the Western world, or your parents, what they told you, salvation is not found in having all the right theological stances. It's not found in doing the right things. It's not found in being a good person. Salvation is found in an encounter with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. And man, maybe you need a refresher. You may don't, you don't even know who Jesus is. Or like maybe you think of him as the man in the sky or, or somebody that's attached to a religion. Uh, but man, he, his, it's a man who died for you. So we're going to kick it back in reverse all the way to the beginning of time. We were in the garden of God. We were living in perfect community with our Savior. The one who created us. But because of disobedience and deception, sin entered our world. And we were separated from God. And shame was on our shoulders and man that's such a bummer we were separated from god we didn't have life we didn't have purpose but because you know john 3 16 because jesus because of jesus he god sent his only son down on earth to live a perfect life and he died on the cross for us so that he, he literally was so perfect so kind and he died a criminal's death on the cross something that he did not deserve so that we can be reconciled to God, we can have life, we can have purpose, and joy, and freedom, and that is the gospel, and I know, we can know the gospel, we can know Jesus, we can know who this man is, but man, if we don't let it sit in our hearts, we don't, we don't let it transform us, the conviction of the cross, you're going to live the same life, you're going to be still stuck in this place of, man, I don't even know if I'm going to be in heaven, I don't know if I'm going to have purpose, I don't know these things, so you really have to let salvation sit in your heart. It's not just a decision that you made when you're eight, because that's what I did. I made a decision when I was eight to follow Jesus. I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want to do these, like, I was like, wow, this is like, my parents are going to be proud of me. This is what I want to do, I guess. And 10 years later, I found myself struggling with depression. I was riddled by anxiety. I was an intern at a mega church, guys. Like, but I was still living this life. Nobody knew it. But I was like, man, I, I have no purpose for my life. I have all these things on my shoulders. Why isn't salvation saving me right now? I, I don't understand. But I had this encounter with Jesus. And it changed everything in my life. I had joy. I had freedom. And it, this encounter, this was I saw Jesus on the cross and he was so beaten, he was so battered. If you watch Passion of the Christ, I, I refuse to watch it if you know what that is because it didn't do it justice of how beaten and how battered he was. But I knew it wasn't just this man that was dying on the cross for me. I knew it wasn't an obligation. He did it. It says in scripture that he did it with joy, with joy set before him that he died on the cross. And I saw the love that he had for me in his eyes. And he said, Journey, if if you were the only one on earth, I would have done this 2,000 times over. I know the hair is on your head. I love you so much. I did it for you with joy. And I would do it again with so much joy, even more joy, because I love you that much. So I want, can everybody close their eyes for a second? Amen. This man that died for you, Jesus, if this is resonating with your heart, and maybe you don't know the, who the man Jesus is, or you're like me, you're like you gave your life to Jesus a long time ago, uh, but you're not living a life of freedom. You're maybe struggling with some things, or you haven't, you don't have a relationship with God. And if you died tomorrow, you really wouldn't know where you were. If you'd be in eternity with Jesus, that you would be reconciled to Him.
if you want Jesus, if you want salvation, or even if you want to come back to him, would you raise your hand? He loves you so much. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise Jesus. You can put your hand down. Okay, even if you didn't pray this prayer, I want you to pray this prayer, or, or raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for forgiveness and freedom. God, I turn away from my old life. I'm yours. Holy Spirit, come fill me up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Praise God for Okay, guys, now that you know the gospel, we're actually going to do something. So I want you to stand up for a second. Um, or, no, you don't have to stand up. <laughs> it's a Sunday morning. I'm not going to make you stand up. <laughs> um, but, so, I'm, Shane, can you stand right here? I'm actually going to model something for you really quick. But we're going to actually preach the gospel. I'm going to set one minute on the timer. And you're going to turn to your neighbor and preach the gospel to them. And then we're going to switch. So it literally looks like this.
will come. So that's the beauty of joyful repentance is in my life, it wasn't a story of a boyfriend that I kept going back to. It really was my life of sin. I got saved when I was a freshman in high school, and then for about five years, I always went back into compromise. I always went back to addiction. I loved God so much, but I always turned back to my old life. And the thing about these cycles of sin is that they're so defeating, right? How many of you have felt defeated by your sin life? Have you felt robbed by your sin life? Have you felt drained? Because I know that I did. And so it wasn't until I had a revelation of the love of God, I had a revelation that God is better than life, that God would fill me with that refreshing, where I turned away from my sin, I made a clean breakup, and I ran only towards Jesus. So this is joyful repentance, and a really fun tool that we all, uh, we teach, we love to apply to our lives, we share it with people that we're ministering to, is a tool called the four R's. It's all about joyful repentance. And the four R's stand for repent, receive, rebuke, and replace. Um, and so it's so powerful. It's all about repentance first. Like we've said, we turn away from our sin because we know that holiness and righteousness is better. We receive, we receive God's forgiveness, His grace for us that's unending. We rebuke the enemy. We can rebuke sin when it's coming against us, right? We rebuke lies. And then we replace it with truth. We replace it with holiness. We ask God to empower us to live a life after Him. So, such a beautiful thing. I know um, even some leaders that I totally admire have shared with me. Like, their biggest areas of breakthrough in their life was areas where they were willing to let things go, place them before the Lord, and replace it with truth. And it's so powerful to see this become manifest in our life. So that's the four R's. I totally challenge you guys and encourage you to apply it to your life and seriously watch God move, watch God set you free from things. And even as a communicator, be willing to share it and really see people set free. Um, so just like I've been talking about seeing things become manifest in our life, right? Seeing this transformation, um, I want to share about such an, another really important component of that, and that is faith. I want to talk this morning about the culture of faith, and even to kind of just set the stage, a firm foundation. Um, in Isaiah 7, 9, it says, if you're not firm in faith, you're not firm at all, right? That is powerful. I love the Word of God. Um, and so, yeah, I want to talk about this morning, us as a body of believers having a firm faith, and a firm faith that would compel us into action. So, super simple, the first thing I want to talk about is really that faith is risk, right? That a lifestyle of faith is a lifestyle of risk. So where there is no risk, there is no faith. And further, where there is no faith, there is no action. And so 
so that's what we keep talking about, but it's all for the purpose of reaching the world outside, right? It's for the purpose of understanding that we are God's chosen vessels, His chosen mouthpieces, and the world outside is waiting for the body of believers to take action, to step into risk. So super simple assessment that always brings me to conviction, always brings me to joyful repentance, is even assessing my own life. Like if every part of my life is making sense without God, then I am not living a lifestyle of active faith, right? Because as believers, we are called to live a life that's supernatural, right? It's so powerful. We are called to live a life that relies more on God than our human effort. So, simple, what is faith? What is unbelief? Well, faith believes. Faith trusts in God. Faith communicates that we're living a lifestyle that is communicating to the world that we believe that God can and God does and God will. It's such a beautiful thing. And on the opposite of that, Unbelief is an in, in, inhibitor, inhibitor to faith. Unbelief is fear. Unbelief is a scheme of an enemy that would hinder us, that would blind us from seeing God move. And unbelief, we communicate with our life that unbelief says that God can't and God doesn't and God won't. And the thing about that is that is no pet sin, right? That's no small thing because if we are in agreement with fear, if we're in agreement with doubt, it is really holding back the fullness of God being shown in our lives, right? Unbelief causes us to look only inward, to look only at what we can see and touch, what we can feel, what our emotions are telling us. Unbelief keeps us living at the narrative that we're telling ourselves rather than looking forward and being in agreement with the narrative that God is encouraging us to live in. So faith is a beautiful thing that empowers us to live boldly and courageously. It empowers us to live in a way where we would rely on God for safety and security and not the things of this world. And so just how joyful repentance gives us refreshing, something that is so powerful for me with faith is that I believe that faith, just like the Word of God says, really gives me the joy and the hope that is promised in my life with the Lord. The Word says that as you trust in God, you overflow with hope. And as you believe in God, you are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, right? So as we decide, as we believe to live a lifestyle of risk and faith, that is where the hope and the inexpressible joy really becomes manifest in our hearts. So super fun, guys, and this is just so powerful, and I know I want to see the kingdom of God move. So as the body of believers, we need to assess, God, am I living a lifestyle of unbelief? Or of faith. Um, and I just believe that we all are ones that will that will believe God enough to live a risky life, to live a faithful life for the Lord. So just like we taught, I taught the four R's all about joyful repentance. I just want to pray with
step into living a lifestyle that God is worthy of, right? So if you guys wouldn't mind repeating after me, just because it's fun having an interactive Sunday morning, I would love to lead us through prayer. So, Jesus, Jesus I thank you, I thank you that you're worthy, that you're worthy of a Spirit, we love you. Thank you for, for moving. Thank you for speaking. God, we ask in Jesus' name, or we say, God, that we want to be obedient. God, we want to walk in, in love, Lord. And so, um, Holy Spirit, we silence every outside voice, um, even our own voice, and we're asking for you to speak, Holy Spirit. What is the next step of action that you are asking us to engage in in our lives? Would you speak, Holy Spirit? Amen. 
Thank you, Lord. Well, I uh, I hope you guys feel encouraged by this morning. I hope that um, this I hope we're able to, to serve you guys and help uh, um, that the fresh reminder of the the importance of being a simple gospel preacher and being being a simple want to, to communicate uh, very simply what it looks like to have faith in Jesus. And um, I know we can, all of us in this room can probably testify the moments of, of simple obedience that have changed things for people, for their eternity, for our eternity. It really was a, a simple moment when I decided to follow Jesus. I heard the gospel and I was like, man, I, I want that. And it happened in that moment. So, uh, I, yeah, I hope this morning was an encouragement for you guys. Uh, I want to uh, let you know about one one last thing before we go back into worship. Um, we will be, uh, the circuit riders, our whole community will be in St. Louis um, from June 6th to June 9th. And we've actually rented um, a big truck and the, the back of it. Um, turns into a stage, transforms into a stage, and we, we want to saturate the city, uh, sharing the gospel, um, uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus, doing acts of mercy, and then we want to invite people culminating to a field gathering, um, and we just, want to, we just want to see as many people as possible uh, put their faith in Jesus, give their lives to Jesus, so um, Pastor Dan, we'll, uh, we'll let him, uh, we'll, we'll text him, and he can remind you guys of when that's coming up, we want to invite you guys to all be a part of that with us. Um, but uh, I'll just pray and close out the message and, and you guys can lead us in the, back in worship. So Jesus, thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for a refresher, Lord, in the simple gospel, God. We thank you that, that, that it is the simplicity of your love that saved us. Thank you for saving us, Jesus. We say that we're grateful for our salvation, God. You didn't have to, but you wanted to, Lord. It was your desire to, Lord. So we thank you for our salvation. And God, we ask um, that you would use our lives in a fresh way to see people encounter your love and give their lives to you, Jesus. And we know, Lord, and we trust that you're the one that's, that's authoring the story, that no matter how dark it may seem to get, that, that your light shines all the more, that, that we're sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, Lord, that, that we trust that you are working in our world for your glory, for your will. So, love you so much, Jesus. Thank you.